0: Welcome to the Rheumatology Republic podcast, I'm Felicity Nelson. Today I'm speaking with Thomas MacDonald, a professor of medicine at the University of Dundee in the UK. Professor MacDonald, thanks for coming on the show. Uh,
1: thanks for inviting me.
0: So your study comparing two gout medications for buxostat and allopurinol were published in The Lancet this week. And I know that a lot of rheumatologists were very excited to read this paper and you've been presenting on this uh, late-breaking abstract at the ACR conference, the virtual one. Can you just start off by giving us a bit of background? So why is this such an important topic and why has there been so much interest in how these two medications compare?
1: Well, as you know, gout is one of the most common inflammatory arthritis, uh, at least in men. And... um, a lot of people need to take medication for it, and allopurinol isn't optimal for everyone. So I think the rheumatology community were quite pleased when febuxostat came along. However, there were some concerns with the, in the development of febuxostat. There was a numerical increase in cardiovascular events. Eventually, uh, another study was done that suggested it was reasonably safe, but both the European Medicines Agency and the FDA in America imposed on the manufacturers a post-licensing safety study to uh, show that these medications, the fibroxistat, was as safe as allopurinol. So that's where we started from. There was a, a study in America done, as you know, a Billy White study called the CARES study, and our study in, in Europe called the FAST study, the Fibuxostat versus allopurinol streamlined trial
0: yeah of course it's it's one of those topics that's been going back and forth and I know that our regular our regulator in Australia, the TGAs also been sort of asking for some more data and putting some warnings on for books and stat. And how did you go about investigating this topic? so what what did you do in your study and what were the results?
1: Well about 12 years ago, would you believe um, we uh, designed a trial uh, the University of Dundee, that's me designed a trial to investigate the safety, of a versus allopurinol. And this was a study called a probe study, a, pr- a prospective randomized but open blinded endpoint study. So the people adjudicating the endpoints didn't know which treatment the patients were taking. But the patients did. And we randomized over 6,000 people and followed them up. I think the average follow-up was four years. It was a long-term trial. And um, we followed them up for heart attacks, strokes, and vascular death and all-cause mortality. Now, we have something in Europe that is a pretty good way of tracking patients, and that's called record linkage. So all the hospitalizations are stored on big government uh, NHS computers, and all deaths are also, all certified causes of death are also stored. So we were able to get consent from the patients to link their names and addresses and NHS numbers, etc to these electronic records. So we had a very good way of tracking these patients to the end of the trial. Now as with all trials, uh, over a very long period of time, some people drop out and never want to be contacted again and never want you to use any more of their data. That was pretty rare in our study, about 6% did that. Others got fed up with being part of the trial but allowed us to track them by record linkage to the end. Um, But most people just kept been quite happy to be phoned every couple of months by our nurses to see how they were. So we had a sort of belt and braces way of knowing how what happened to our patients. We we got it from the patients, we could get it from their GPs, we could get it from the consultants in hospital, we could get it from the record linkage and finally we could get the death certification data. And what we did after, thereafter was try and get hold of the original case records and we would copy them and redact them and send them to our endpoint committee. So this is pretty gold standard way of deciding who had a heart attack, who had a stroke, and who died of vascular cause of death. Because all-cause mortality is easy because you're either dead or you're not dead. So that's, a, that's the easy bit. And what we found was, if anything, if anything, Fabouxistat had a lower rate of events than allopurinol, and... Uh, That's counter to what was found in the American study, but we're pretty confident that we tracked all the vascular events that occurred, so we're pretty we're convinced that we haven't missed anything, and there's no systematic bias within our study. Technically, the study was a non-inferiority study, so we showed that Fabuxostat was not inferior to Allopurinol, but in fact. The data show that it excludes a very small increase at all. I mean, it basically shows that there isn't any increase Mm -hmm. in cardiovascular events with Fibuxostat versus Allopurinol. Now, that will come as a great relief to many rheumatologists. You know, Allopurinol is not the easiest drug in the world to use. You've got to titrate it up to to get the urate level low. There are some serious side effects with it early on with hypersensitivity and skin reactions. And some patients just can't tolerate it. Um, so they were kind of keen on getting hold of a different oxidase inhibitor to to treat their patients. And febuxostat fit that, fit that bill. The other good thing about it is that we used 80 milligrams to 120 milligrams, and just about everybody stayed on 80 milligrams. I think the mean dose was 81 milligrams. And we had an 80 micromole lower urate in our patients throughout the trial compared to the optimized dose of allopurinol. So we, we titrated people up. Allopurinol dose before randomization. So I think this is a great relief to a lot of rheumatologists. We didn't find an increase in cardiovascular disease and um, no vascular deaths increased, no all-cause mortality increased. I think probably the licensing restrictions on the use of allopurinol of Fibuxostat, um should perhaps be reconsidered by the licensing authorities.
0: So what do you think will happen now? Do you think that your study will influence what the regulators like the FDA and the TGA do
1: next? So I used to be a regulator, so I know what it's like. Regulators um, kind of, with not very much evidence, will impose a regulatory condition on a drug. So you don't need many cases of liver failure for it to be a warning. And it's very hard to remove these warnings. I mean, it really is my, my experience not that easy to get the regulators to remove warnings. So I suspect that it will take some time before anything happens. And I think if, if it does change regulation, it will be, it'll be done after a lot of consideration and putting over all the data. The, the trouble is that the CARE study, the one in America, uh, which had younger patients but maybe with more severe gout, they showed an increase in cardiovascular and all-cause mortality. Now, the question is why? Why is there a difference between the two trials? I don't want to criticise CARES. It was a major study. But the, in that study, 47% of people withdrew from all follow-up. And that meant that with the data protection laws, etc., you just couldn't be followed up in the trial. So maybe that might explain what happened. Interesting, I don't know if you know about, the, if you read the appendix of the CARES trial, there's a company called OmniTrace, a private investigation company, was employed to try and find out who are alive and dead at the end. The ones that were withdrawn and wouldn't, you know you couldn't contact again, and these um, these investigators found a lot of deaths, and when they put them into the equation, the difference between the deaths in the Alapirano-Fuxa group uh, disappeared. Basically, it got a lot less and became non-significant. So I, there's a lot of putting over of the data, I think, to happen. I would hope that at least physicians will take the view that after cares, if you're a patient who's having trouble with allopurinol, that it's not unreasonable to change you to fibuxostat. Our trial shows that what will happen is what happened in our trial because it's got quite good what's called external validity, being an open trial. Some people might not like fibuxostat as has happened in our trial, some patients withdrew early on from Fibuxostat because they'd been quite stable in allopurinol for many years. And you could argue that our trial is favourable to allopurinol because most people had been in allopurinol a long time and therefore the problems with allopurinol had all been sorted out in the group who got randomised in our trial because you have depletion of the susceptible patients in that population. So I'd I suspect that the regulators will look closely at this. We're preparing the full trial report, which is an enormous document of everything that happened, and uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us your insights and, and the inside story of how that all went down. It's so interesting, and I'm going to go back and read the, the full paper um, before writing this one up. So thank you so much again. It was yeah. great to hear from you. Ta-ta. listening to the Rheumatology Republic podcast. You can find out more from us at rumour.com.au. Thanks for listening.